Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Welcome, everyone, to the Spotlight. Shout out to Big Dick MLJ for the intro. And yeah. shout out to Steven Jensen for the new intro with the music and the graphics and everything. So I, I got to tell you, Jensen, you DM'd me last night and you're like, I put this new intro together. I was like, all right, cool. Like, uh, let me check it out. The first thing I do when I click on it on the email, the first thing I see is that Brian Danielson fo- with my face photoshopped. Yeah. So like I, I click the link and i see that and i'm like oh my gosh this is gonna be tremendous so then i watched it. i was like this is great and then you sent me the one with the music that we just played so thank you buddy that's that was, great job with that great job with that much appreciated <laughs> how you doing man yeah yeah i appreciate that man yeah i was just thinking about it the other day i was like yeah i wonder like if there's something i can whip up i did that on my lunch break yesterday uh from the shoot job and then uh last night i was thinking about it and i was like it'd probably be better with a little countdown clock because then it gives people a second to get into the stream and um and all that stuff. And then I was like, yeah, the music sounds pretty good. So shout out, you know, the music, uh I, did you put it in the description? I haven't looked. But yeah. uh okay. So there's like a description uh below for the music. Um it's like copyright free music off of YouTube, and we want to make sure to give like the the credit to the person who has the music that we used for that. So um, so you know, the links in the, in the description if you like it. I thought that the the this song was pretty badass. So I was like, I think this would be perfect for an intro. And uh, and yeah, no, I immediately I was like, all right, we gotta I gotta pick two wrestlers. It's like, all right, well, you're Danielson, I'm Cody. That's pretty easy. And then uh, and then yeah, just kind of put the right, just you know, through through a couple screenshots of some of the interviews we've done at the end. And yeah, so I'm I'm glad you like that. And uh, yeah, we can we 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 have some uh some different intros and stuff we can like mix in now. For sure, for sure. So I appreciate that, Jensen. Again, shout out to MLJ for doing yes. the the introduction work 
on that. All right, buddy, let's get into it. A lot to talk about, as always. Let's start with... Uh, over a million fans uh, and a great number in the demo tuned in. And it was a great show, and I think it's been a run of great shows. Uh, first off, before we jump into our AW spotlights, I, I will say uh, best wishes to Tony Khan and his mom yeah. and his entire family for everything that they've had to go through during the during the fall. He he described it uh, yesterday on the ROH media call. Uh, his his mom suffering strokes and having heart issues and going to the Mayo Clinic and, and everything. Uh, so. Best wishes to to him and his mom and, and his family. Can't can't imagine dealing with that and dealing with everything else he's had to deal with just in AEW in general. I mean, we know what kind of fall season they've had. So on top of the personal stuff, it's been a busy time for Tony Khan. And it, he he talked about it after the all out stuff. Um, and he just talked about like the human element uh, of everything. And he didn't go into his his family stuff at the time, but I thought it was a very like interesting quote and a very like on point quote of like we oftentimes forget about the human element of a lot of this stuff as we banter and make our jokes about the crazy dumb sport of professional wrestling but yeah, never never lose sight of the human element that we're kind of that we're all going through so uh again best wishes and prayers to tony and his mom and his family yeah absolutely i, I want to echo that as well obviously i'm a, i'm a big fan of like to, what tony's done with with aew and everything and and yeah, i respect the guy a lot um and i know he's going through a lot professionally with you know all this stuff like you know with the brawl out and all that stuff and the and the having to change so many plans with AEW and uh obviously on the much more important side was you know him dealing with uh with his family and you know and uh you know I hope I hope everything is okay you know going forward I, I you know like you said and like he said it's it's you at the end of the day this is all just pro wrestling like in at the end of the day it's crazy because like we're all pro wrestling fans so we really all should get along like a lot better than we do in my opinion like kind of across like the whole spectrum of wrestling fans. Uh, but just keep in mind, like if it's a wrestler you don't like or a promoter you don't like or whatever because of their wrestling stuff, just keep in mind they have like they have stuff going on in their personal life as well that you don't know about. So um so yeah obviously I'm thinking of Tony Khan. I hope I hope everything uh everything's okay. Sure. Um let's get into it Jensen. Let's let's start there with William Regal and everything that was said. So, yeah, we, we talked about it last week. Uh, we, we, we broke the news, not Sean Ross Sapp. Uh, we broke the news that Regal's contract was up in December or talent believed that his contract was up in December. Now we've got a lot more context and information on everything. As Tony Khan said on the media call yesterday that, so he said a couple of things. The first thing was that Regal called and it seemed like he had an option and he didn't want AEW to renew the option. He wanted to go be with his uh, son in NXT and go work there, work behind the scenes, do some coaching and everything. And then there were conditions to that where Tony said the word release and the condition was basically he couldn't be on television for next year. And Tony said he was a little surprised that he didn't seem too, too happy that Triple H posted that super cut of the war games ahead of Survivor Series. Uh, the terminology, we can we can debate that, whether it's an option that they didn't pick up, but there was conditions with that, or whether they let him out of his contract early and there's conditions with the release. 
Regardless, Regal is gone from AEW at the end of the year. It seems like he's there until the end of the year. And then he'll be heading back to NXT to be with his son, Charlie Dempsey, and do some coaching and I assume a million other things behind the scenes there. Let's talk about sort of the behind the scenes stuff first, and then we'll get into what we saw last night on, on Dynamite and how they addressed it on television. Um, yeah, so the behind the scenes stuff, um, it is interesting how it worked out. It seems like it's working out best for everybody, though. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, I think um, it, it's just the terms that are, I don't, I don't even want to say strange. It's just, um, once again, I guess I, it is one of those things where, like, if Regal signed a deal and it, and it had to do with, you know, an option, that's kind of the language of it. And that was just a condition of it. It was like, well, we'll we won't renew you. Like, that's fine. Like, we, you want to go back to WWE? We're going to let you do that. Like, we don't want any ill will or, or anything but like you know part of this is like you you, you know you can't be on tv next year and, and that that part of it like i say i understand it i don't understand like i get it from AEW's perspective of like you it honestly i think is protect to protect themselves like in other situations that are similar like this in the future where like you know it's it's hard to like let regal do that and if he pops like right over on you know right up on wwe tv right away and stuff and like they make him like a manager for his, his son or something like that or Whatever, whatever they wind up, whatever they would have potentially wound up doing with him on WWE TV, I, I think that I don't think they would have necessarily had a big problem with Regal himself doing it because, like, at the end of the day, when you know he'd probably be like a, an authority figure, like it's not like he's going over there and wrestling, um, which, but I think that's kind of what they're trying to avoid is like setting that precedent of, okay, like we're gonna do you a favor and let you let you out of your your deal or whatever, whatever they release let go don't pick up option however you want to view it or whatever terms you want to use but 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 i think they're trying to prevent like once again is like you know there's other wrestlers like um like you know malachi black and andrade and stuff who like who have family members in the wwe and and i could see um i could see it potentially being an issue if you know regal is able to get out early go over there get right on television and then you have other people I'm not saying them specifically, but you know what I mean. Just like if anyone wanted to, if anyone else wanted to go back, you don't want to set this precedent of like, we'll let you go and then like let you right on their TV because then that is, that is kind of bad for AEW's business, in my opinion. Like if you're, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just one of those things where like, and, and at the end of the day, we're also talking about like honoring contracts and stuff. But, but I'm also, you know, pro, I'm pro, pro wrestler. Like I, I want what's best for the wrestlers. Um, and I'm t- I tend to be a bigger fan of like the wrestlers themselves and the promotions themselves, but like, um, so anyway, at the end of the day, I under I understand why AEW would want to do this, like to set the precedent like this, and I think it's pretty fair to be honest, because like if Regal was able to get out early, whatever the terms are, um, and he gets to go be with his son, if that's really what he really what he really wants, and like he's going to be Triple H's right hand man in, in WWE again, and you know their long history being a tag team in WCW all the way back, all the way back in the day and stuff, like it's it makes sense that Regal would want to go back. Um, so anyway, that's kind of how I feel about it. I feel like everyone kind of won in this scenario. I could, it, but it, it also to the other point, I don't really have a problem with WWE showing Regal doing like war games, uh, like, like those promos that they showed because I mean, they're allowed to do, like, they could have done that the whole time if they really wanted to, you know what I mean? Like they have the rights to that, even when Regal's in AEW, right? Like they can air right. Regal and WWE as much as they want. They own that. So so it's it, it, you know what I mean. I I feel like at the end of the day, everyone kind of won in this scenario. So I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty okay with everything. The the supercut thing was 
I think Tony was more upset at like the timing of it because people kind of had been speculating that Regal was leaving and everything. But yeah, it's just everyone wanted the Regal War Games thing. Triple H is like, ah, here's an easy pop. And so he just did it on his Twitter. And then I, I get why Tony, I mean, he said I was a little surprised and, and everything. I just don't think he liked that you're basically just saying, hey, we got Regal back and everything. I don't think he, he liked right. that. Um, I mean, Tony said it yesterday in the media calls, like he can't facilitate every single family reunion. You mentioned Malachi Black and Andrade. There's been the reports that they had wanted out. Malachi confirmed he had asked for his release and you know didn't get it. Obviously, he's back on television. Uh, Andrade, we've heard all the different reports and speculation with him wanting out. And we know Charlotte's over there with Andrade. Zelina Vega's over there with Malachi. I would imagine like these guys are under more long-term contracts. I think Tony had previously said Malachi is, was under like a five-year deal. Yeah. Um, so if you do like a conditional release, obviously they don't want, yeah, we'll release you and then show up on, and then they're showing up on television a week later. And that's clearly what happened here with Regal is we don't want you showing up on television. Regal is in a different position than Malachi or Andrade, where they kind of probably want to be on television than just, okay, I'll sit at home for a year and then collect, I guess, whatever money I'm going to collect. But, and before I can work again, like, I'm sure it doesn't seem like they really want that. Regal is like, sure, I don't need to be on TV. Like, my main point is I want to spend time with my son and I can still do all the behind the scenes stuff, which I think is what he is where the value is with William Regal, the coaching, the producing, the scouting, things like that. Malachi and Andrade don't bring that same value behind the scenes. They are best as television performers. So I can see why if Tony offered them, yeah, you can have your release conditional. Like the condition is you can't appear on WWE TV for a year. They're probably like, well, all right, I guess then I will stick here and, and let's see how this all goes for however long we're, we're here for. Um, I, I think it's good for Regal. It's something he clearly wanted. Again, the option stuff. I, I think I made a, a, I jumped the gun on a tweet with, with a, the, the option things because I didn't get the, the wording completely. And when I think of option, I think of sports. You know, you have a team option, a player option in the NBA. A player option means, yeah, I'll pick this up. Let's renew the contract for a year. A team option means the team can pick it up and renew it for a year. And by the way, it was originally worded. It sounded like AW had a team option and they were going to pick it up and Regal didn't want them to. And so Tony could have guess been a dick and been like, well, I don't care what you want. I'm going to pick it up. Or he would not pick it up, which would make Regal an outright free agent, which means there would be no conditions. But instead, they attach conditions to it. I feel like it's... But then Tony used the word re release later on. I feel like it's more of a, like a conditional type of release. Um, I, I will re Contracts, especially wrestling contracts, very weird. Uh, very, very much maneuvering that you can do with a lot of that stuff. Regardless, Regal headed back to WWE to be with his son, to do some scouting, work behind the scenes, do all that fun stuff. And then we'll we'll see what happens from there with, with Regal on screen, the way they addressed it. So I said last week after the promo, I didn't like the way they addressed it because I didn't think Regal gave enough insight as to why he like actually turned on Moxley and helped MJF. They basically tried to retroactively do things Re Regal did a, if you see this, I am dead video that was recorded two weeks ago. 
and he's apparently he's dead on AEW television after MJF knocked him out. Uh, and he just said, like, I've taught my lessons. Now the the three main members, Brian Moxley and Claudio, can teach Yuta their lessons. MJF, I gave him what he wanted. Never, I have eyes in the back of my head. They they tried with this thing, and I didn't feel it worked that well. And then Moxley just like completely ignored it and was like, <laughs> "Yeah, sure, whatever." We're, we're about to beat the shit out of Jericho Appreciation Society on Saturday. I'm going to beat the shit out of somebody on Friday. I, like, It was an attempt. Regal is going back to his home planet, to use the Simpsons reference. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny because it's like, this was filmed two weeks ago. Like They kept, they kept saying, like, make sure you remember what you're seeing is two weeks ago. It definitely, definitely wasn't recorded, like, for sure, two weeks ago. Like You got this only makes sense two weeks ago. And, uh, and yeah, it was like, I'm with you, you know, I, I, I get that explanation. I get what they were trying to do. I appreciate the attempt, um, to at least try to explain and, and tie up loose ends and stuff like that. But it did come across, it just, it was, it was kind of weird. Like the, it, it, I don't think it hit how they were expecting it to. I think I think Twitter seemed pretty confused too. I was like looking at like my timeline and people were like, that was kind of a weird way to explain things. Like, I mean, like we kind of we kind of assumed kind of that's what was going on for the most part, but I, the, the way he explained it and the way that it's like we're just now seeing the promo and like it is like you said, it was like if you if you if you're seeing this, I'm already dead type message. And it's just like like once again, I appreciate the effort. Like I'm not I'm not knocking that they tried to explain it. So like, I, I do like that they, that they attempted that, but um, I also think it's kind of a lame explanation, unfortunately, because it's like, it's like really like that's so to teach them, to teach them a lesson, you gave MJF brass knuckles and let him beat John Moxley for the world championship. And then like to prove your point, to put a real exclamation point on it, like, you let MJF hit you in the back of the head with brass knuckles and like, and kill you essentially off of, I mean, for all intents and purposes, you're dead in the, in the world of AEW. Like just cause you thought that, that MJ, that, uh, that, that Moxley Danielson and, and Claudio were ready to teach you on their own. Like you could have just, and then he, and then he was like, I, once again, they, I, I, I appreciate the effort because they even explained, he was like, I couldn't just leave. I know that they would never just let me go. So I had to do something to like get rid of them basically. And it's like, okay. But at the same time, like, you think, and then, and then, and then the, the, the cherry on top is exactly what you just mentioned. Because after this, you're expecting Moxley to be like, all right, Regal, like I get it now. All right. Like, all right, you got me. Like Blackpool Combat for Club for Life. We'll see you down the road, man. Like I, I get, I get the less. Instead of you just did what you, what you said, he like, grabbed the microphone. And he was like, yeah, I don't know about all that, but so at Ring of Honor uh, Final Battle, like they're going to be doing their thing. I'm doing my thing on Rampage. You're just like, you did just kind of ignore the whole thing. Like, but like, what just happened? Um, so yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. Uh, not the best, not not the best way that it could have been done, but like I once again, I do appreciate them trying to. Um, I do appreciate them trying to. Uh, like 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 um. Uh, <laughs> the brutal titties in, in the chat says, I appreciate the effort, but convoluted AF that's, I mean, that's a pretty, a pretty good way of putting it.
Yeah, hundred percent. And yeah, Moxley dismissing it immediately is like, uh, what are, what are we doing here? And I, I I hope they get Blackpool Combat. Sorry, I think Jamie's having some internet issues. You might be, uh, you might be frozen on your screen. I'm just gonna read the chat here for a second. Um, so there's people talking about Rock and Roman. We'll definitely get to that. People are calling. Someone said that Jeremy's a bot. Um, he got frozen by Regal. Yeah, William Regal might have. Uh, they might. They might have done something about this. Him or uh, maybe someone with AEW pulled the plug on this. Right? We figured they'd like the storyline better. And the thing is, I do like the storyline. Like, I, I think that the way that, like, the, the way things have ended up worked out great. Like, the the end game of it worked out great. Whoa, that's weird. The, your, your connection looks better now. Okay, good. Yes, I have, I have a terrible, terrible Wi-Fi issues. Uh, StreamYard has been just a pain in the ass. Hopefully, it, it holds up. I switched over some things. Uh, uh, you, cut out, you cut out pretty much just right after saying that you agreed about, like, no. uh, about the... Uh, um, Real Moxley just kind of ignoring it. Yeah, yeah. So, so he just ignored it. But my my main thing is like I hope they get Blackpool Combat Club back on track because like when they first started, it seemed like they were going to just be this group of like, hey, let's let's have a group of young boys and teach them the ropes and everything. And then Claudio came in, and I understand that was very circumstantial, and they added him to the group. And it's sort of like they've been feuding with Jericho Appreciation Society for like eight months now. Uh, but it sort of lost the, the plot along the way. It, we had the stuff where Danielson was trying to recruit Garcia, which wasn't bad. And then Yuta was upset about that. I thought that was going to lead somewhere with Yuta and, and Danielson. I hope they revisit that at some point because I think there's a story there to be told. You know, Moxley is like, I feel, doing his best to try to get things on track. I don't like that they just completely ignored like Regal's whole stuff. I wish they, and Regal mentioned this in his promo, I wish they leaned more into like, you know, MJF wanted this responsibility. You know, he he thinks this is what he wants. Now the target's on him. Can he handle that? Like, it was almost a throwaway line by Regal when he said it. I wish they had talked about that a little bit more because on Regal's podcast, he went into that like a lot. He was doing a great job like kayfaving that of, yeah, like this is this is what he thinks he wants. Like he's, he's bitching about an email just imagine when everybody's coming after him because the, he's the champion. How's he going to deal with that kind of pressure? Uh, and, and Ricky mentioned that in the promo as well. I thought Ricky actually did a better job explaining that th than anybody. Uh, but I wish Regal had kind of said that a little bit. It's like I gave him or more on that of like, now he's got this. Let's see what sort of happens. But it was very much a, you know, they should have just killed him. They like the impact just kills people all the time. They yeah, killed Eric Young Eric last Young, week. Like, they should have. They should have just after the brass knucks. That was it. He's dead. Just murder people on your television show. It's wrestling. Who cares? Again, Impact does it. Impact gets away with it every single. Every single. I feel like year. Impact just kills somebody. Yeah, they we have need more murders murder, in wrestling. Yeah, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, we had murder mysteries and everything in Impact Wrestling. Uh, so Regal's gone. We'll see what happens with Blackpool Combat Club. We know what's going to happen with MJF and that's, he's going to be facing Ricky Starks next week for the dynamite diamond ring.
for the AEW world title. Ricky won the battle royal to earn the shot at MJF and the diamond ring. So it's a winner take all match. But the promos that these two men cut after the match, uh, MJF buried Texas, buried Ricky for being the rock, rock ripoff, uh, called him the pebble. He's going to skip the pebble back to Billy Corgan's NWA, which I thought was great. That's a great line. Very good line by MJF. And then Ricky got on the mic and he just ran down MJF for his shitty clothing, uh, saying he's gonna take the he's gonna take the responsibility away from him. He's gonna defeat him. Like he had to work hard for everything he had to do. Uh, you know, and now he's he's here, he's gonna take the title. I, I thought I'm not doing this promo by Ricky Justice at all. I apologize to Ricky Starks. But great promo by Ricky Starks. Tremendous, amazing fire in this promo uh yeah ricky made himself i thought like an absolute star i've always thought highly of ricky but even more so now and he made himself even more with with this one promo and i'm excited for this match next week they should strap up ricky starks yeah like honestly if it wasn't for like mjf just starting his title run i would actually agree with that like i know you're just like saying that because i don't know if you you know but it's like but like ricky listen Ricky Starks put himself into a whole nother league last night. Like he really leveled up in my NXT level up. That's a whole other different thing. Um, no, like Ricky, like really like leveled up, like for real, like that was, he needed that. Cause like, obviously he's, he's, he's very, very good. He's great in the ring. He's great on the microphone, great looking guy. The fans are behind him. They, they like the, you know, the entrance and the, the move set and like everything he does, like, and, and he's been really, uh, being prepared like over you know the years ever since coming into AEW in that in that open challenge for the tnt title against cody like it feels like ever since that that first day he was in the company there's always been really big plans for him it's just been like a slow build but like he always had something important to do like and i always I always noticed that whether it was like the ftw title or like whatever he had going on it was like there was always something for ricky starks going on um and you can tell there was buying buying time until until the moment was right and now the moment's right to like really go with him. And uh, they did a great job with the tournament. Um, now he's, uh, you know, him winning the Battle Royal last night, I think is really smart too. It like really makes him look really good and really credible. And like now he can win the ring and the title belt off MJF all at one time. Um, that said, you know, I am predicting MJF retains. But but like it's one of those things where before last night, and, all, and once again, I'm a Ricky Starks fan. I, I remember, I do remember him back in the NWA and stuff. Like, you know, he was... Um, He's been he's been talented for a long time. He's been wrestling for like, I mean, maybe what like fifteen years or something. He's been around for a long time. He's been around for a while, yeah. Um, and uh, so like I've uh, I'm pulling for the guy absolutely. Um, I'm absolutely pulling for absolute Ricky Stars, but uh, but it, you know, once again, it's just like if this was like a different title run, like let's say there's a scenario where like maybe Hangman Page has had the title this whole time. Like MJF never, or uh, like uh, CM Punk never got the title. Uh, Mox never hot potatoed it back and forth. And like Hangman was just the champion this whole time. And MJF never won the belt. Like if we were, if we were talking about something like that, I'd be like, yeah, Ricky Starks, like do it. You know what I mean? Like, but it's just, it's just the timing isn't good because MJF just got the title. Now that said, I've talked about this for months here on the show about, how I thought it was going to be so important when MJF won the AEW World Championship for this exact reason. Because I was like, you're, he's going to be feuding, I think, with guys that haven't had these opportunities before, but he has, like, history with. So, like, it makes sense for a Ricky Starks, an Ethan Page, a 
a Jungle Boy, a Darby Allen, like these kind of guys to be elevated into the world title mix with him, uh, with MJF being the champion. And Ricky is like the first great example of that. And also a great example of someone really getting elevated and elevating himself. Like he, that, that's, that's, you know, obviously it's on AEW for giving him the, uh, the platform and the push to, to, to get leveled up like this, but then it's on him even more to execute. And last night, like what was so cool about that promo was MJF started off and he was very strong in everything he said, just like he always is. You think by the time he's done talking, you're like, damn, feel kind of bad for Ricky. Just kind of having to stand out there and take it. But I mean, everyone does. Cause like no one can really clap back at MJF really. And like, really make a you know he, he's always gonna outdo you on the microphone it doesn't matter who you are and then mjf and then uh ricky starks grabs the mic and you tweeted it he cooks him and we're just like whoa ricky like out talked mjf like this is huge and mjf is the first time i think we've ever seen it in AEW, where he was just speechless he had nothing left to say and he just had to sit there and take it and then he kicked him in the nuts because that's exactly what you would expect him to do you know and then ricky hits this great spear where he like so he, like you like slow motion in midair for that thing, you know? And it's like, dude, people are pumped up. I, Ricky Starks is super over. It, be, it being in Austin was genius that they did it there because the crowd was mega hot for him. So, like, yeah, I, I thought, congratulations to Ricky Starks. Like, you just got yourself to a, another, you know, echelon on that on that AEW totem pole. And, like, and, and, he'll, and he will deliver against MJF. Like, once again, I think MJF will retain the title – but he's going to do great. And now you, you have another just bona fide main event level guy on your roster. It's huge. I like that Ricky didn't really address the rock stuff because I, I've listened to many, many Ricky Starks interviews and every single one of them is like, you remind me of the rock. Yep. Like, and it's like, I, I don't know if he is uh you know, if, if he's tired of hearing it or if he's flattered by the comparison, but it's like he's heard it so many times. I MJF had a decent little take of like the pebble skipping him back to NWA. Like that was funny. That was um, a really good line. It really was. Yes. Yeah. But like the rock stuff has just been heard. So said so many times and heard by Ricky so many times that like, what else can you like really say? It's like, wow, you're comparing me to the biggest star in Hollywood. This is this is supposed to be like a bad thing here. Right. Um, I love the the low hanging fruit is out of juice line. I thought that was great yep. by Ricky. Um, yeah, he had so many, so many good lines. A couple things. The first one is we we expect Ricky to lose next week. Um, I, MJF, I don't think they're going to end the reign this quickly. Um, whatever they do with Ricky after this, I hope it is still more Ford momentum. I don't need him off television for three weeks or month or whatever as you try to figure something out like keep the man on television get him a new story whatever that is make sure you have something lined up for him right after this right after this program yeah i don't know i don't know what that maybe maybe it's a program with samoa joe or something like i, I guess he's he's feuding with ward though and everything i don't know if it, i don't i wouldn't put him in roh or anything like that but whatever it is maybe it's guevara what whatever Whatever you have in mind, make sure. Oh, the smack the mole off your, your neckline. That was so. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. 
a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Yeah. Good. I love Very that. Um, These are all whenever- things that MJF can't come back. Like, there's yeah. no comeback for that. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's why that's why it's so smart that Ricky... Because the funny thing is, Ricky said the, the low-hanging fruit is dried out for you. But Ricky's using a lot of low-hanging fruit in his promo. But it's because nobody has been able to say these things to MJF's face. That, that's right. why it works so well. Like, Ricky could mention the most obvious things about MJF. But, like, it, but to MJF, he's, this is all new to him. Because he's like, what? You don't like my haircut? You don't like my scarf? You don't like my shoes? You're making fun of my mole? Like, wait a second here. I'm the one who's supposed to be making fun of you. Like, and, and these are all these are all things I can't even like argue. You know what I mean? So it's like, if, yes, I agree. Very smart line. The, the whole thing was was genius by both guys on, on that whole that whole segment was was brilliant, in my opinion. He said he's gonna stomp an asshole into him. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but regardless, after we assume Ricky loses next week make sure you just got a program for this guy lined up and he's just not floating around just having matches or anything like that. Uh, the second point, I don't like how they did the dynamite diamond ring this year. It felt like it should just be like an annual thing. And okay. MJF has won it three straight years. He's a three-time champion. Cool. Now it's this year. It's like, well, you got to beat MJF to win. It's like, this guy's the the overall world champion. Like just crown a new winner, have somebody else like have this accolade um and mjf it's like all right i've won it three times now i'm the world champion sure somebody else can can win this thing go for it like the only and he could say like the only reason i didn't win it this year is because like i decided not to compete in it i already got the 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 triple b baby like what do i need another ring for like i'm good i don't need it and then if he loses the title if he's not the champion next year he can come back and he can win it again he can fuck he can beat the person who won it this year he could he could beat ricky next year something like that like i i don't because now it's just all right mjf's just gonna be a four-time champion and let's throw that on there with i felt like you could have made somebody else with this diamond ring and now like it's it's not it's not gonna happen mjf's just gonna keep the ring yeah no I, i'm with you and have they ever because i honestly haven't paid attention to this um and i only am paying i'm only thinking about it because obviously our boy diamond Sheik, like that's his he made that ring have they do they have they mentioned that on television that it's a different ring each year or like or do they I think they treat it like it's all just like one because the, the only reason I bring that up is because MJF could easily be like 
because because the argument against what you said would be like why would he want to just give up a ring that's worth you know two hundred thousand dollars or whatever but but it's like well if he keeps the ring because they make a new one every year then like he wouldn't care you know what i mean because he's he has the ring right like and and that's what i actually think they should have played more into because they treat it it's an annual thing they kind of treat it like it's a new thing it's not like you know in the previous years mjf had to compete in the battle royal and was one of the the final people and everything and then they did the one-on-one match type type of thing um and this year he just didn't have to compete and then so whoever won the battle royal won it so they've treated it as a new thing but you're right in that like it's always just been one ring like they should have had mjf just come out with three rings and be like look got all these rings baby like who say something like that's what they should have done with it but they they hadn't really established that enough to where maybe people would you know people like to complain about i'm confused i don't get it uh we need a video package to explain all of this type of thing and they honestly should have like a video package of like the past winners and everything like a big one shining moment like they do in college basketball of all the past before they crown a new winner definitely should do that uh but yeah i i and maybe that is the explanation is like, it's one ring. Why would he want to to give that up? And I guess that's what they're going with. I, in personal preference, don't really like it. I wish they would and better establish it's an annual thing. It's a new ring. It, they When they do the graphic, it's like three banners, like MJF 19, 20, 21, like they do the banners and stuff. So I, I think they should have played more into annual thing. You get a new ring every year and they, they just haven't. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And, and I think that's like, we look at it that way because once again, like we've interviewed Sheik a few times and stuff and like, we've talked about this ring. So like, I, but no, like, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Like I, uh, if they would just, it would be a very easy fix. They just established that the winner gets a new ring every year. Then like that, t- that totally takes MJF. It takes kind of like the burden. Of, Cause on one hand, it's like, it's a great part of his character. That diamond ring has like been very important to the MJF character in AEW, but he's a world champion now. Like, you know, and if they're going to use that diamond, like Ricky Starks winning the diamond ring would have been huge for him. I feel like just like to have, just have it for the next year, just to add to storylines and stuff. Um, So, yeah, I mean, but then at the same time, the only thing, the only knock on that, it's not really even a knock, but it's like, how many times are you going to give Ricky Starks, like you give him the diamond ring and the FTW title and that kind of stuff before it's like, he really should be like the, you bring up Samoa Joe. I thought of that as well. Like, if he beat Samoa Joe for the TNT title, that could be good. Um, you know, there are things you can do with Ricky, but, or, or like you said, you have, you have to put him in like a big feud with, and he, ha- and he really needs to win his next big feud too. So, like, you know, you got to be careful about that also. I feel like if he's going to lose to MJF, I feel like his next big feud needs to be someone the caliber of like a hangman or a mox or, or or like Samoa Joe or something like that or like and he has to win that one so like um to keep him up on like that main event status in, in AEW so but this is a great spot to be if you're Ricky Starks like he he absolutely 100% is like I don't think you could ask one wrestling fan who, who watches AEW between last night and before last night if they view Ricky Starks in, at, at a different level, like he he absolutely has has gone has, has gotten up to to like that main event status, and a lot of it had to do with that back and forth last night with MJF. He's gonna end up feuding with Jericho for the entirety of 2023. <laughs> that'd be a good. Just that'd be whole... a great feud, though. I, I know you're joking about the length of the feud because that's the Jericho thing. I'm not that... joking about that part. That's well, no, exactly I'm going to say I'm, well, I should say joking, <laughs> but like that's I I get that. 
listen, Jericho is the goat. I love him, but like, yeah, there have been stories that have that have dragged out too long in AEW involving him. But him, him and Ricky, like, like a like a you know three month pay per view program or something would be great. It would be a good yes, a, a good little pay per view program. Do not extend it to where it goes for twelve months because that's every single Chris Jericho feud. All right, let's let's move on to. The dollar store Ricky Starks. Want to be a professional wrestler, or do you want to be a WWE superstar? WWE superstar sounds a whole lot better than than being a professional wrestler. Big rumors, Stephen Jensen, that The Rock has been talked about as appearing in the Royal Rumble as a surprise number thirty. I want to make it very clear that it has just been an idea that has been discussed. I'm sure WWE would love to have him in the Royal Rumble. They would have loved to have him at Survivor Series last year instead of a golden egg. They'd love to have The Rock anytime they could get him. Nothing has been official. Who knows if it'll happen. They've teased the idea of Rock and Roman for about two years now. I feel like basically ever since Roman has become tribal chief head of the table, they've teased the idea of Rock and Roman at WrestleMania. We don't know if anything, nothing's been made official. That's for sure. Uh, we don't know if there's anything concrete there, but let's let's have a little fun with it. The Rock, Royal Rumble. I mean, if he shows up, he's got to win, right? You're not going to have The Rock lose the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously I get very nervous about these things. Um I'm still <laughs> feeling like it's like 90% that Cody's going to win. Like, I'm still, I'm still like, pretty much a foreground conclusion he's winning the Royal Rumble. But like if the Rock's in it, then yeah, like you have to assume he's gonna win the Rumble. Like he's probably Cody should be shoot on him. Cody should just eliminate him regardless. Going like, to business for this. himself. There you yeah. go. I like it. Um it would be badass though to see like a like a back and forth between those two though. Even if it was like you know Cody Cody's in there for his, he's made his return, the Rock returns and like they're the last two. Like that's like comes down to the two of them and like the Rock's not eliminate Cody, or like even I mean, even better, obviously for me, if like Cody, you know, if he eliminated The Rock, what better way to like kick off his road to WrestleMania? You eliminated The Rock, and like now you're going to be taking on Roman at Mania for the title. Like that'd be that'd be pretty huge for him. But I, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, obviously, if they have if they have access to The Rock, they're going to like they're going to use him. Like I'm, he's the biggest star in the world. Like you, you obviously, you have to. But like. I just hope I hope that they don't like change potential plans for Cody winning the title just because they're like, well, we got the rock and he'll do, he'll do the rumble for, you know, five minutes and he'll do, um, he'll do wrestle one WrestleMania match. And then we got to figure out what to do with the belt and everything afterwards. Cause like, well, I shouldn't say the belt. Cause I don't, I don't think he'll beat Roman, but the, the point is like to put rock in that position. You're like, really, but they've done it before. Like, I mean, 10 years ago, they did it to CM Punk, the 434 day title run, like the rock came in and beat him. And it's like, damn, really? And like, you know, I don't think that was the best look for the WWE. I get, you got the rock and Cena, but like you could have done that without the title. Yeah. You know? So I don't know. I, you're going to love, you're going to love my idea. Jensen. Okay. Go ahead. I want to hear this. I got, I got two ideas. Actually, you're going to, you're going to really love the second one. The first mm, one. Oh God. The first one, I don't even really like. Um, first one. So you do. Co- I love the idea of Cody and The Rock face to face in the Rumble, <laughs> big exchange and everything. And here's how you book it, Jensen. It's the the old the old lovable finish of both all four feet hit the floor 
at the same time, right? So then who's the winner? Who knows? Who really cares? Actually, you know what? I'm, now that I'm thinking about it, I, I've, I've, got, I've got two great ideas, and I love both of them. I didn't like my first one at first. Now I love both of them. Night one, here was my original idea. Night one, you get Roman Rock, and Roman beats Rock. Night two, you get Cody and Roman, and then Cody, Cody yeah. wins. Okay, I don't think Roman is wrestling two nights, so that's the issue there. All right, now, now, Jensen, you ready for this? Two ideas. Night one, Cody against The Rock. Cody defeats The Rock. Night two, Cody and Roman. Cody defeats Roman. You lose out on Rock Roman. Eh, that match ain't that big anyway. Here, here's my other idea. Instead of, you know, having two nights where Cody main events, which is great. I mean, I know you love two nights yeah. of Cody main oh, events. Absolutely. But let me throw this one at you, Jensen. Triple threat match, night two. Cody Rhodes, stack them, smash them, pin them, pins both Roman and The Rock to win the title. You love, love both it. those ideas, don't you, Jensen? Oh, absolutely. I can just see like a double crossroads. Like he does it at yeah. both of them at one time. Um, um, so here's yeah, here's the thing. Obviously, my per- my best scenario ends with Cody beating Roman for the title. The scary thing about all this is like obviously if they have access to Roman or sorry, to the rock, it's gonna be the rock versus Roman. 100 percent Like that's what they're going to do. Um, this but the thing is, you don't need the Royal Rumble to tell that story at all. You, no. The story the story has been told for two years with Roman being the head of the table. It's so easy for The Rock to come in and be like, all right, the real head of the table is here. Like, all right. And then, then you then you have a whole story arc of like, are the Usos and Solo, like, are they are they loyal to The Rock or are they loyal to Roman? Because like, it, that's, that's a such, that's a super interesting story in itself of like, them being like, listen, Us, like talking to Roman, like, like we've been, we've been listening to you and we, we, we back you and we, you know, you know, you're our tribal chief, but like, like the real, the real chiefs here now, you know what I mean? Like the, like, like we're like, Dwayne's been raising us our whole lives. Like we're listening to him, you know, like, you know, so it's like, I, I think, or, or they all just stick with Roman and then you have a potential for my mega dream scenario, which is, um, so I don't think they do this at WrestleMania, but like, let's, let's say just like, Let's say they they have um they got Solo Sokoa, the Usos, Roman Reigns, and um I guess Sami Zayn is that that's it, right? That's the whole bloodline. Yeah, yeah. Let's assume okay. Sami Zayn's still there. Like he probably won't be much longer, I would assume. But like let's say there's five people, even if it's just four, this still works pretty out pretty much the same way. Okay, so you have the bloodline on one side. And let's say you want to do something for The Rock where it's like maybe he doesn't want to do a singles match, you know? And it's like, once again, this probably wouldn't work necessarily at WrestleMania because, like, you'd probably have to do it. You'd have to do him and Roman. But there's a cool idea for, like, a potential match and story where, like, you have the bloodline on one side and then you have The Rock teaming up with Jake and Logan Paul and just breaking the internet. You know what I mean? Like, the three, they have the feud with the bloodline already built in. The Paul brothers already are feuding with the bloodline. So it's like... You have the Paul brothers and the rock on one side and Cody, you like just stack that up. And if you need a fifth, you call up part-time Stone Cold Steve Austin and you've got the bloodline versus just like this mega team of like superstar, all-star celebrities and just break the internet one night for the WWE. So there you go. That That's my out of the box. Your, your type of uh, 
some of your scenarios that you just kind of I'll, I'll lay out a crazy one too so there you go my god the rock and the paul brothers and steve austin that would be and cody and cody yeah. and cody that way get bad bunny in there take out jake and throw in bad bunny I mean, you can get rid of like Cody and you know Austin or whatever, and you just do like straight up celebrities and yeah. throw in like uh... Vin Diesel. Rock's got to call it Vin Diesel oh, to patch no. things up. No, the fast reunion that we've all wanted. That's yeah, Pat, Pat McAfee though. Pat McAfee's McAfee, very good. good. Um, yes. but yeah, no, the uh, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's war, ga- that's war games next year. Yes, that's war games. Next year. <laughs> Rock inside war games with Austin and everybody. I yeah, I love it. <laughs> So yeah, we'll throw out some crazy scenarios here on the spotlight. Yeah. But um, I, I think if they have Rock for the Rumble, he's probably going to win it. See, I'm with you. I don't need the Rock winning the Rumble. I don't think that program needs the title, right, at all. But I don't think you're beating Roman before WrestleMania uh, to to lose the title or anything like that either. So, it, if Rock is involved, the title's probably going to be involved. I don't know if it like kills a Kenobi, a Kenobi, uh, a Cody scenario of winning the title at WrestleMania, but it seems like it could at least delay it of like, hey, he might not win the title until SummerSlam. I still think Cody's the end game here, depending on what you have with The Rock. It's just, is it going to be Mania where he gets his moment, or is it going to be down later down the line where he gets the moment? Because they're not gonna, they're not gonna take Rock off Mania if they have him for Mania. And they've right. been building the Roman storyline for too long. And I think the title will still be involved with that, even if it doesn't need to be. So we'll see. We'll even see if The Rock shows up. We've been hearing this guy's going to show up for years and years and years. And then he's you know, got to make Black Adam and for the fans and everything like that and go make all of his other movies. So we don't even know if The Rock's going to show up. Again, just discussed. Brian Gowertz had a great tweet of like, do you know like how much shit has been like discussed in WWE? Like they were gonna have Loki as Undertaker's secret son. That was something they discussed backstage. I never heard that. Oh, have you not heard? Oh, Gord tweeted this. Oh yes. my god! Wait, low like Loki, Loki, like Cabal, Cabal. Loki. Yes. Cabal. Oh my god! Yes. They, oh they was gonna god. be Undertaker's secret son. That was something they talked about. In what they year? Talk, I got Cabal wasn't there that long. So. Oh, you're talking about while he was like in yeah. uh, while he was signed there. Yeah, that was like a Christopher Daniels type scenario where it's like he wasn't oh. even in the WWE and they're like, he's gonna be the higher power. It's like, wait, what? Um, yeah, wait. So when he was Caval, is he that? What? How Hold on. No, it's been a while. And I remember the whole like Michelle McCool, late cool thing they did with him. It was very strange, yeah. but like he's not that like, is he even young enough to be his son? 2008, like, 2008 to 2010. Loki is 43. Undertaker, that's when that's when uh Loki was in WWE 2008 2010. Uh, so Loki's 43, the Undertaker is uh 57. So Undertaker was fucking early, is yeah, what it comes down to. (laughs) That's what is that? That might be the worst idea I've ever heard. You know, (laughs) I should, I shouldn't say, I mean, we got we got uh Jason Jordan as Kurt Angle's son and stuff though, too. I mean, like, yeah, there's you never know. Um, but yeah, that's. I have never heard that. You just you you've broken my mind with that one. I've never heard that they were. That's hilarious that they were going to make Loki. They threw they floated the idea of making Loki Undertaker's son. Wow. Yes. 
So they discuss a lot of things in WWE. I wish some of this shit would see the light of day. Imagine like the stuff we've seen over the years. Like that is stuff is that is obviously seen the light of day. Imagine what is like actually talked about behind the scenes that just never makes television. Just some uh, some I can't some terrible shit. I'm sure, but I would actually watch a lot of that because I love terrible wrestling. Um, All right, my WWE spotlight is New Day coming to NXT to challenge for the NXT Tag Team Championships, to try to be the second team to get all the gold. FTR has done it, uh, formerly the Revival. They've done it. They've gotten all the gold in WWE. Now New Day going for it. They've been Raw. They've been SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Going for the NXT Tag Team titles against Pretty Deadly at Deadline. Think they do it? You think they put the titles on New Day? Yeah. I don't think they're going to I don't think they're going to lose on on NXT like I mean they might eventually lose like to put put over someone like for the titles like a little later on but I don't see them coming in doing NXT takeover and and losing. I just I, they're just too I mean and rightfully so. They're just they're just they're too big of stars and too big of a deal i think to the company to come into nxt and lose to pretty deadly like i like pretty deadly i like them in nxt uk as well like i have you know no issue with them at all like being the champs but i I watched that segment from nxt and like there's a a clear difference like when new day's music hit that place (laughs) went unglued and it's like they're they're not going to be losing at at takeover i don't think so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with them and uh and yeah i think it's gonna really help another tag team later on who eventually beats them and it also gives the New Day something important to do because they're kind of lost in the mix, like, you know, not being able to, like, really beat the Usos right now. And, like, the Usos have other stuff they got to they gotta take care of, like, bloodline-wise and heading into WrestleMania and stuff. So, like, I think it's actually really smart to give the New Day something to do. Put the NXT tag team titles on them. Let them have good matches. Let them stay super over. The NXT audience is going to love it. And it gives them, yeah, something different to do, something important to do. And eventually they can put over another tag team um, to, like, really, really help out. So that's, that's what I would do, at least. I I think New Day wins. I'm with you. Why bring them and then have them lose? Like, they haven't looked great on television lately. It feels like they've lost a lot. And I, I wish New Day would – I wish they'd always be prominent. I, I think the world of, of Woods and and – Kofi and, and Biggie as performers and talent. Uh, so I think they, I always think they deserve more. Having NXT pop, pop the, hopefully pop the rating. It didn't really work too much this past week, but surprise appearance this past week. Um, you know, pop, pop a number, have them put over another team in NXT, uh, whoever that might be. Maybe they even lose a rematch to, to Pretty Deadly and Pretty Deadly can get the win back, whatever it might be. But as something fun, another accolade for New Day. I'm fine with New Day just stacking accolades and things like that as well. It was a cool little surprise because when you think of NXT, you know, they a lot of times they'll bring back guys who you associate with NXT, right? They they don't Dolph Ziggler, I guess, was the most random one earlier this year. It's like you don't think of Dolph Ziggler as NXT. But with, with under the Triple H era, it's like, okay, yeah, they, of course, like Apollo Crews would come back. Like he we think of him as NXT. Uh, you know, back in the day, Tyler Breeze, fan day. yeah, sure, that makes sense. New Day weren't, they certainly weren't an NXT act. Kofi was never there. Woods was there very briefly, but New Day as a group were not in NXT. Big E had a big role, um, but New Day as a group, not part of like NXT at all. So it was a nice little surprise that they were there. And you're right that like big difference between Pretty Deadly, who I think have been doing good work in NXT. Yeah compared to uh new day just in terms of presence and overall capability uh yeah, new day new day is great put the titles on them 
I'm all for it. I think it I think it'd be the smart move, honestly. Yeah, I think it'd be the smart move. I'm with you. I mean, they're arguably the best tag team ever, you know, depending on like who you yeah. ask. And, that, and that's like I I wouldn't even argue like against it. You know, would would I would I have them as the number one? Probably not, but like it's one of those things too where it's like they're on that short list of like you say the new day is your favorite tag team ever, you think they're the best tag team ever. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue against it. Like they 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 deserve uh they deserve that kind of credit. That that's how good those guys are and, and how much they've meant to the WWE. So um yeah, I mean you're 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 having a, a chance to have like the GOAT tag team of your company in NXT and yeah, it's, yeah. So I think it's huge for NXT. I'm 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 interested in it. I think the match is gonna be great. And uh yeah, I think it's a big a big win for New Day, and it'll be cool to see them with the titles if they win them, and I I, I hope that they win them. Uh, Andrew Thompson and I recorded an episode of Gauntlet yesterday that premieres at noon on Fightful Overbook. We talked a lot about New Day. Uh, we looked back on Kofi Kingston's uh, WWE title reign, which you know how that went. Uh, but uh, we, we talked a lot about that, and we talked a lot about New Day. So that's at noon on Fightful Overbooked. If anybody wants to go over there, check that out. Please, please go over there. Check that out. Leave us a thumbs up and subscribe to that channel. Let's go to our other spotlight. Our product is what it is. We're going straight up the middle. Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor Final Battle is on Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern, uh, an afternoon time slot, so it doesn't compete directly against NXT Deadline. And last night, we learned that FTR and the Briscoes will run it back one more time in a double dog collar match. What do you think of this match, Jensen? On one hand, I'm I'm stoked for because it's going to be awesome. Uh, two of the best tag teams in the world, different type of stipulation. I I'm all I mean I'm all for this match. Um, there the downsides are that the Briscoes can't be on AEW television, so like it's weird that they have to use like the Gun Club to like or the Ass Boys to like um to basically fill in for the Briscoes. Um, and the only other downside here is like it, it sounds like I'm complaining because I'm not because I, I really like this matchup. I think it's gonna be awesome. But I mean, there's other tag teams too in Ring of Honor. You know what I mean? Like so, it's it's just one of those things where like, and maybe this isn't the right exact time to do this, but my the thing that's been in the back of my head for a while with FTR being the the ROH tag team champions is. I mean, you got JD Drake and Anthony Henry like right there at your disposal. If you're AEW slash ROH, the Workhorsemen, I think that's like that's a perfect like Ring of Honor tag team title match, and, and it would really help get over um, Anthony Henry and JD Drake even more like to that audience. Um, and and FTR I think would still win that match. It's just like they're, they're, like there are other options. There's other there's other tag teams. There's fresh matchups you can have for FTR. It just kind of feels like FTR's whole ROH title run is just like them versus the Briscoes. Um, that said, I mean the Briscoes are arguably one of the best teams ever. You know, just like FTR is. You know, and they've been doing it even longer than FTR has. You know, so it's like I I have no issue at all with like once again this is a badass matchup and it's going to. It, it might steal the whole show. I mean, it probably, it probably wind up be the best match of the entire show from like, at least from like a storytelling perspective and stuff like, um, but, but I understand like the criticisms, I guess, because I, I have seen a lot of people on Twitter that are like, man, um, hold on. What am I saying? Shy town sports says, Steven, I think you're being absolutely ridiculous. They beat the young bucks defending those. 
ROH. With the ROH. Yeah, well, yeah. okay, but but I mean, like, but you know what I mean? Like, they've gone back to the to the Briscoe's match. Well, listen, I think the Young Bucks are the best tag team in the world. Like, just point blank, period. Like, they're, I think, the best. Um, so, I, I, and, but thank you for bringing that up, Shytown Sports. I do appreciate you pointing that out. But my point is more so, it feels like it's mainly been just FTR versus the Briscoes over yeah. and over again. Um, so... But once again, like I, I can't stress enough, this is gonna be a great matchup. I just I just feel like there's other teams that could like really benefit from having an ROH title match against the Briscoes on a stage like this. Sorry, against FTR or the Briscoes on a stage like here's the thing. You and this is where I feel like it makes it a little more sense too for me to be saying this. Instead of having a match like this, which once again, badass match, I'm looking forward to it. But you could have FTR versus a team, and you could have the Briscoes against a team. And you would have had like two badass kind of like dream matches that could have gotten like even more people over, more people on the show. Um, but be my only, I guess, critique of it is like, and that's just straight up apples to oranges. Like um, in Chi Town Sports m- mentioned that it sells better than the War, like the War Horsemen. Uh, this match, sell, uh, one million percent, the Briscoes versus FTR dog collar match sells a lot more than FTR versus the War Horsemen. I don't dispute that at all. But I'm just saying, I think everyone understands what I'm saying when I'm saying this. Like it's there, there are there are fresh matchups for FTR with those titles, but but I I, I get the I get the reasoning for doing Briscoe's and FTR again for sure. It's gonna be great. I mean, I'm I'm in agreement with you, honestly. Look, I think this will be probably the best match on the show. It has the potential to be another match of the year candidate. The first two matches, top tier matches, tag team, yep. just wrestling, wrestling matches in general top tier matches uh this match is going to be great you're you're i'm never not going to be excited for an ftr briscoe's match you add dog dog collar you add the intensity that that's going to add overall you kind of take them out of their element a little bit of like just not traditional tag team wrestling which uh you know ftr has become famous for and the briscoes have perfected over the years and you can just add that intense aggressive element to it more of the blood element to it like i think it's going to be absolutely tremendous matchup my issue is kind of the same thing yours is is like all right we're just gonna we're doing it again because it's a match pop right like that's that's how the booking is like it's a match pop hey you love briscoe's and ftr even though if we're talking if we're condensing this into real life if we're condensing this into earned ftr has beaten them twice and what have the briscoe's done since then to to earn another match outside of just they haven't done anything because they haven't been on television or anything like that because they they can't be on aw television roh doesn't have television so you're just basically booking this match because you know that people are just going to be excited for it which is fine for someone like me i like when there's just more of a a story kind of to it i i watch great wrestling all day there's a lot of just great wrestling matches out there the story here is just, I guess the Briscoes, okay, they want their titles back. This feels like their last shot, even though two out of three falls was like sort of their last shot is what everyone kind of kept telling me. Um, so I I would have wanted more. And, you know, FTRs, they've had these titles. They could have, they've been on television. They've been on and off television. They could have certainly done more on AEW television with these titles. I mean, we've seen a lot of, stuff with roh on AEW television what happened to uh taven and bennett they got signed and they were just not there um they they did like one match and then it's like wait they couldn't have told a story with 
you know, they were the champions before the, the Briscoes beat them at, at last year's final battle and they never got a rematch. Uh, you could have built them up and had them on AEW television and built up to an FTR match. Like I would, I would have been fine with that. Uh, yeah, there, there are other teams out there. They could have done something else. Am I going to complain about, even though it sounds like I'm complaining at the end of the day, it's Briscoe's FTR. It's going to be great right. uh, next week. Uh, assuming we talk about it, I'm going to praise the shit out of it. I'm probably yes. going to call it my favorite tag team match ever, but some, I understand the criticisms of the match at the same time. And I, I have my own criticisms of just like, Hey, give me just a little bit more of a story. Utilize what you do have on television. I think the Briscoe's actually going to win this match because it sounds like ROH is going to have some type of TV deal. Uh, Tony Khan was strongly, strongly hinting at that. So I think ROH is going to, I don't know where it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be on a streaming service, if it's going to be on true TV, whatever it might be. Uh, I think they're going to have some type of TV deal. And I think the Briscoes are going to win the titles and whatever deal they have, they'll be able to appear on that. Tele- I just, I truly can't imagine. And I could be completely wrong here. They're just doing this match again. Just to have FTR win again. This is, then you're just like, all right, are the Briscoes ever going to beat this team? And they've lost them three times this year. Or kind of four, because one was two out of three falls. Um, Oh, yeah. Are they ever going to beat them? I think the Briscoes win on on Saturday. And then we usher in the TV era of Tony Khan's ROH. Yeah, I think think you're right. It's just strange that, like, they can say their names on television, but, like, they can't show them at all and stuff. Like, (laughs) listen, like, I get... I'm not like LGBTQ plus, um, but like I'm an ally. I consider myself an ally to like that community. Like I feel very strongly about like pro gay marriage and and all and everyone being treated equally and and all that stuff. Like big time, have my whole life. You know, very very uh, supportive. But you know, I saw like I think it was Ian Riccoboni. I saw tweeting the other day, and like he's making a lot of sense. He was like, listen, like I've known these guys for decades, and the way that they treat people backstage, the, the not, the no repeating the actions over time, the apologies. He's like, man, he's like, I know these guys. And like, and, and he, and he's a part of that community and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, so it's like, you know, I feel like it's better. Like, cause I, it's one thing for me to say this stuff, but it's something for like people that really know them or people that like are gay or bi, you know, and stuff. And it's like that, like, it's, you know, like I, I, I feel honestly, I just kind of, listen, they, it, I understand too if you feel strongly that they shouldn't be included. I understand that, um, but I don't know. It just it, it just kind of, kind of feels like it sucks, especially as wrestling fans, because it's like we're being, we're being like like there's stuff that we it would be so much better for us as fans if they were able to be a part of the show, um, especially building up matches like this and stuff like that. Um, because it's one it's also one of those things where like they're using them prominently in Ring of Honor, so it's not like they're they've been like blackballed from like wrestling or from like the wrestling community and they have a lot of support online too like they still have a ton of fans from like all of all backgrounds and stuff so it's like it's just wild that like they like they can do this on ring of honor but they can't on AEW. and it sounds like tony's just as frustrated about it too where he's like i've been trying to get them on tv and i can't you know and it's just like nothing you can do about it so it just is what it is. Um, I mean, it is a good lesson and, you know, just making sure, you know, be, be careful with your words and your actions because that, that can stick with you. Um, but I just want to throw that out there too. Like it's a, it's a cruddy situation that like we can't, that, 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 because I think that's a big part of it too. I think, I think we're talking differently about um, the excitement for this match too. If like the Briscoes were just on TV a few times leading into this, like that, that would be humongous. So 
this is what it is be careful be careful with your words and actions unless you're a big enough star and you can actually get away with it uh because true unfortunately yeah <laughs> we'll go down that yeah. yeah, we'll go fully down that rabbit hole. Uh, a little bit more ROH talk since they do have the pay per view. Jericho and, and Claudio. Claudio's got to win this thing, right? Like, I don't think Moxley said they're done with the Jericho Appreciation Society. They can't have Jericho win and then Claudio join the Jericho Appreciation Society. Moxley said they're done after this week. He spoiled this match for us. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the stipulation is what makes it almost spoiled in itself. Um, is like, I just don't see Claudio joining the JAS and then continuing that story on, just like you said. So, like, if if that if if there wasn't the stipulation of Claudio having to join the uh, Jericho Appreciation Society, then I would probably be sticking with Jericho. But because I just don't see Claudio doing that, I don't see any need to, for them to continue all that. Plus, Claudio's gotten like multiple wins over Jericho, like leading into this. So, like, it's totally believable that he like he'd tap him out again or something. So, like, um, and that was probably, I mean, it was clearly the plan when like Claudio, you know, beat Gresham to become the champion. I don't think there was any intention of putting the title on Jericho, but then it was like, well, we're going to try to find a new TV deal. And the best person to get like exposure and potentially get us a good deal would be, you know, to have Jericho be the champion. Plus it makes sense. The whole Ocho thing and him trying to, you know, it, the timing was, was good for it. And the matches, I think have been really good. I've, I've liked Jericho's run with the ring of honor title a lot, honestly. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I think you're probably right. I think Claudio probably probably wins the title back here. Anything else uh, from, from this show? I'm looking forward to Athena and Mercedes. I'd, I'd put the belt on Athena. I think she's been really good with the with the heel run, and I think she she brings a lot to ROH. Like she brings a lot to AEW, but right now she seems a little pushed down the card in AEW with everything else going on. So ROH, she can be really be a focal point in that company, and I think she'd be she'd be great as the women's champion. Uh, but anything else from this pay per view stick out to you? I agree with that. Um, I think Athena will win the the women's title. Um, and yeah, with the whole character change and, and like ruthless streak she's had lately, I think it'll be good, uh, good for her to hold that title. It gives her something to do. She's kind of lost in the mix, you know, AW. Um, Dana Garcia, Wheeler Yuta will be great. It always is. Um, pure championship. I don't know. Part of me almost feels like they're just gonna like clean sweep new champions. Like, um, because part of me thinks that they'll keep it on Garcia, but another part of me is like, I could see Yuta being more of a part like of Ring of Honor going forward. Right. So like, you know. So I mean, I could I could see a scenario where like the Briscoes and the new champs, Athena's the new champ, Yuta's the new champ, Claudio's the new champ. The only one that I'm gonna stick with, I don't think that they put Juice Robinson over Samoa Joe no. uh, for the TV no. title. Um, and then just shout out, you know, uh, it's cool to see Shane Taylor like back in the mix, like being on AEW TV and yeah. stuff. Him and him and JD Griffey versus Swerving Our Glory. Um, I feel like uh, Shane Taylor promotions is going to have to win that one. Cause like there's like the dissension between Keith and swerve and stuff. Um, and yeah, we got the embassy versus uh, Dalton castle and the boys. So like, I mean, it's a solid show and I'm sure they'll add more to it. Uh, by the time the show actually starts. Um, is there anything else you wanted to highlight off of the show or any predictions? Uh, I kind of think that swerve in our glory will win. Uh, yeah. I, it, I understand like your point of, uh, this should have dissension and everything, but, it almost feels like JD Griffey's like there to take the the pinfall and sure. everything. Um, but it is great to see Shane Taylor. I think he's fantastic, and 
it seems like he's going to be part of the the new ROH as well, which is which is great. Uh, yeah, I don't think I don't see Joe losing, especially being the the TNT champion as well. They're probably not going to have him lose. It should be it should be a good show. Uh, a lot of great wrestlers having great wrestling matches. So it should be what? All right, so here's a question: Are you closing with Claudio? Or are you closing with Briscoes and FTR? Mm, I probably open with Claudio beating Jericho, and then I close with uh, Briscoes beating FTR. So kind of kind of what they did the the last show where they yeah. opened with Claudio and Gresham. Exactly. Yeah, I know it's like what they did before, but it's like I just don't think you can. Like, I think that dog collar match is going to have to go on last. So I'm I'm kind of in agreement with you. I think that match is just going to be so bloody and so violent that I mean, maybe you can do it in a co-main event scenario. They did sure. it with Punk and MJF, and then they followed that with Hangman and Cole. But yeah, I, I think that I would open with the, the title match as well and then close with the, the tag team title match and close with that. Yeah, I'm with you. Your other spotlight, Steven Jensen, was Kurt Angle saying Brock Lesnar called him and wanted to come to TNA after he left WWE and then they didn't have the money for him. Do you buy this yeah. story? Kurt Angle says some shit. Man. So I want to know first off, do you buy this story? Shout out Kurt Angle, Chicken Stacks, uh, Rob O'Neill, <laughs> Bob O'Neill with the uh, the the review of the century. I'll never forget that. I um, I I wanted to make this my spotlight mainly because it's something we don't have to like deep dive too much. But it's just the the just the idea of like if this is true, which I think it's possible. I think it's very possible that like that. Kurt or that uh that Brock was interested in going over there because I mean he did New Japan and stuff so it's like I think he was interested as long as they as long as he get the bag but what's funny to me is like if it is true and they decided to spend that money instead on like Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff and like all the stuff that they did with that it's like what a different TNA impact wrestling history we'd be looking at like imagine they got Brock instead of Hogan and that stuff you know um so i just wanted to bring that up just to think about you know just the idea of like just to get that in your heads everybody like imagine if back in like the mid 2000s brock lesnar came in you had brock lesnar kurt angle on on impact wrestling television and you didn't have the whole debacle of like hogan coming in and all the changes they made and the people they brought in and, and really set the company back years and years and years honestly they depending on who you ask they still haven't recovered properly from it to this day so like you know, I just think I thought it was fascinating because I, I don't, I don't listen. I don't know why Kurt would lie about that. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. To, like, even right. you know, I, I, I get he could be trying to like get his name out there. I mean, it's not like he needs to. He's Kurt Angle. He's you know, he's already a bona fide legend. But it's you know, you know what I mean. I guess it did, you know to get some public discussion out, maybe get people to watch the podcast more or something. I don't know, but like, I don't, I don't, I, I believe him. I guess is what I'm getting at. I, I think he's telling the truth um it's just it's just funny that like they that impact wrestling wouldn't be interested in in that but they would be interested in some of the other moves they made that were like very costly to them see i okay i don't think angle is lying about this i i don't think he has a reason to really do it but these guys are pro wrestlers i they don't have reason to lie about a lot of stuff and then they just fucking do it because that's almost the the nature of the business when it comes to a lot of things uh I don't think it was so much of an impact didn't want him because why wouldn't you want Brock Lesnar? I want to know what Brock Lesnar's price was. Right. I want to know what, how much he was willing to work because then I can see like, okay, is Brock worth it to us? 
and maybe maybe he wasn't and maybe they just thought like he's not going to be worth it to us and is on the dates he's going to work and maybe he's just he's going to come in and not care because i think hogan and bischoff and all these guys like they came in with like good intentions of wanting to tna to compete and impact to compete with wwe it's just they they weren't at that point anymore right brock very notorious especially during that time very notorious for just like i'll show up whatever i'm just gonna kind of do my own shit and you're just gonna have to deal with it and brock is only out for brock and it could be a thing of like yeah we're not gonna pay this guy five million dollars to come in here and is is, does brock want to work in these like smaller arenas with AJ Styles at the time, who's not really established, Christopher Daniels. I mean, they're established, but you know, they're not perceived sure. as like big time stars. Like Christopher Daniel, all these guys, like how what's the care level Brock is gonna have for it would have mainly been like him and Angle, him and Samoa Joe. Like that would have been like the big stuff, probably. And yeah, then like, and like did would he want to work a- with Angle Samoa or Joe? sorry, AJ AJ? I mean, there would have been some cool stuff that they could have done for sure, but yes. like um mcginnis when he came in if the timing was right i mean like there there, there were anyway the, the but the point is no I'm, I'm with you and and to be fair uh tna has been um back then especially in the early years they got they got hosed pretty bad a few times like um like i have no idea what they paid macho man to come in and do like that weird thing where he like just came in and like pinned someone wearing like all black you know yeah. and all this like you know, there was the thing where Hogan, I mean, eventually they did business with him. But remember, they built the whole thing with Hogan hitting and Jared with a guitar. Yeah. And, and it's like, it was never, didn't lead to anything, you know. So, like, I can understand their skepticism, too, of being like, okay, yeah, we'll give, like, we don't really want to give Brock Lesnar, you know, a million dollars in appearance or whatever. And, like, that's what we get out of it. Plus, like you said, like, the IWGP championship and stuff. Like, he, like, he refused to return it and stuff like that. And, like, and there's, I get it. I get it. But at the same time, if I just think it's fascinating, if this is true, which I do think it's true that Brock was even interested or even knew that TNA existed enough to like call Kurt and be like, Hey, what's going on over there? I'm interested. Okay. Okay. You know? So here's, here's our, you, you mentioned uh, Brock knows TNA existed. Do you think Brock just called Kurt? And was like, what are you up to nowadays? Haven't seen right. you around in a while. <laughs> and Kurt was the one who was like, well, I'm wrestling for this company, TNA, Impact Wrestling. Like, what's up? And then Brock is like, oh, are they any good? Like, do you think I could work there? Do we think Brock knew they existed? Or did he just call Kurt and be like, what you up to nowadays? And Kurt had to tell him they it's existed. Probably that. It's probably the, probably the latter, to be honest. I mean, that would happen to Hogan all the time, apparently, too. He'd be out there, like, trying to promote TNA wrestling. People are like, what's TNA wrestling? And then, he, and then he, like, he stopped even promoting it. He'd go on, like, talk shows and stuff. And he'd be like, wrestling superstar Hulk Hogan. And he'd just, like, do a whole interview and never mention TNA once. Or just, like, this guy, you're, like, they're giving him so much money. Like, he's ruined the company. What's going on? <laughs> they're trying to compete on Mondays. This is a, this is a, this is not working good. Um, so, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... It would have been fascinating to see Brock in the, the smaller venue working with some of these guys. He would have gotten sick of it so quickly. Oh, the yeah. stories that would have come out of it would have been tremendous, though. I agree. All right, let's let's move on to our indie spotlight. I'm gonna give a big motherfucking shout out. Big motherfucking shout out to Two Cold Scorpio and the Sandman at GCW Wasted Time, challenging for the GCW Tag Team Championships um, against Second Gear Crew and. and I, I, sorry, I just blanked. Los Mezizos. 
Yeah, Los Lizos. Uh, Cyclope and Miedo Extremo. Yes, there you go. Um, like the match, not much of a match or anything. It ended with like a roll up as well. Like there, there wasn't much to this, right? The Sandman didn't come in there until halfway. <laughs> Granted, it was an eight minute match. He was there at about the the six minute mark. So if you're expecting this great match, no, this is not why I'm spotlighting this. I'm spotlighting this for two reasons. One, I love Two Cold Scorpio. The fact that he is still doing shit in 2022, he's still hitting the good looking moonsault. He's da- he's dancing, having a good time out there. I love Two Cold Scorpio. Always been a fan of his. I love that he's still active in 2022. I he should. They should put the GCW world title on him. Sorry, Nick Gage. Uh, and two, Sandman just still getting money in 2022. Comes out, the, the Inter Sandman plays. He does the beer with the fans. He just comes in there, he swings the cane a little, and then he gets the hell out of there. Like, plus, it's a good pop, right? Like, it's a good little pop for, for GCW. Yeah, it was one of those things where honestly, when you sent me the spotlight, I didn't know if you sent it to me before you'd watched the match or like you just like heard this had happened. You were gonna like, or if you'd seen it, and like this is why you because I was like, this wasn't really much of a match, but no. <laughs> um, but it was uh, so it, it makes I mean, especially the with the SGC being involved because they're essentially like an ECW tribute band. You know what yeah. I mean? Cause it's like, they come out to, to walk by Pantera. And a lot of the time they have Bill Alfonso is like, like, especially with Matthew justice. He's, he's with Matthew justice a lot, even on the Indies and stuff. And like, so like, there's a lot of, uh, it makes sense that they would have the second gear crew mixing it up with like ECW originals. And to your point, too cold Scorpio, my brother didn't know who that was like until like recently, like within like the last couple of years, just seeing him like, while I'm watching him on like the Indies, like current day, and my brother was like, this is like the best guy in the whole thing. He's like, how is this guy this age doing this? Because yeah. like he's seen him do like the double, like the uh like the tumbleweed and like the like I mean like the I always forget all the names of all his all the different moves he does, but like the he has like a twisting moonsault and a and like a front flip uh, leg drop and uh, just a beautiful he did a great moonsault like through a door um on this match and stuff. Um and I can't remember if it was you or I saw someone tweeting and I, I literally laughed out loud because it was as it was happening um, during this. Someone tweeted out like, how fucking sick must Sandman be of this song? Like, because <laughs> it's just like, that's like the whole gimmick at this point. It's just like a long entrance because like he can't really do much of the ring anymore. So it's just like, Although he did swing that cane around pretty good, like when he couldn't he got do much ring. in the ring in his prime. I mean, well, he was true, just true, very... but, true. But now it's just kind of like you know, because like Matthew just tried to like spear him through like the door in the corner, and he like barely you know fell into it. And stuff. He ain't taking but, shit. Yeah, but <laughs> and then it was a weird, it was a lame you know finish with just like a quick roll up and stuff. But um, I I get what GCW is going for. I I don't have a problem with this kind of stuff. Obviously, I think it's cool just for like the SGC and like extremo and uh cyclope and stuff all to be like involved with like sandman and here's the thing sandman i say this about and like i get it it's like a it's like a nostalgia act but like it works like i I have no problem it's mainly just to be there and seeing under sandman with the guy and like that's that's the moment but two gold scorpio can still go like i'm not gonna sit here and be like you know scorpio is like shouldn't be out there whatever like i score like you put scorpio like in any match still and he's gonna still be great so um so yeah i the strange match but if you're if you're into uh if you're into seeing some some ecw originals in gcw it's uh it's something you probably want to check out uh, i'm not saying you gotta go out of your way to watch this match because 
it ain't much of a match. But if you got some ECW nostalgia and you like Enter Sandman <laughs> and you like that atmosphere with him, then check it out. And if you like Too Cold Scorpio, who still rules, check it out. Yes. Um, In yeah, full, full, full circle, too. We just talked about Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar's UFC theme song, whenever you come out to fight, Enter Sandman. It was. Yeah. It was. So there you go. <laughs> uh it was it reminds me of just how old i am as well it's like fuck mm. said man is man. coming out here still doing this shit looking completely washed he's it, been washed for a while but oh man we're old i remember watching him wrestling like pajama pants back in the day yeah, yeah. very sad very sad stuff uh oh yeah check out gcw wasted time it's on fight tv it's on fight plus go over to fight plus and, and get that get a lot of good shit over there um now that they are on GCW's on Fight Plus every basically every weekend, your indie spotlight, Jensen. Anthony Henry defeating Adam Priest for the action championship at Action Bangers only three. I enjoy that. I like the the jump from uh the attack from immediately uh coming out of the interest with, with Priest and then brawling into the stands and everything. I really like the definitive finish of, of this match as well. Like Henry just like kicked him in the head a couple times, DDT done no back and forth shit bunch of kickouts and everything henry just put his stamp on this match and winning the action championship so i i enjoyed this match yeah i mean this was this was good and it's been it's been an ongoing story with him and priest and like this was i like seeing anthony henry get this title a lot I, i'm a big adam priest fan but anthony henry has been in my opinion one of one of if not like the best guy who was like consistently wrestling on the independent scene in the southeast for the last like decade or so like he's he's deserved his credit and, and i felt bad because like him as asher hale and the wwe never went anywhere and he was just there for kind of a cup of coffee and um you know he's really rebounded really well and i think he'll be a big part of like you know rh's future or like AEW or at some point in the future i could see him going back to wwe and stuff i, I think that guys like him blake christian alex zane guy i think those guys could potentially wind up back in the wwe at some point in the future um you know and stuff so i think that uh it was cool the way that they did it because Anthony Henry basically tied Adam Priest up in the ropes, so Adam Priest couldn't couldn't get loose, couldn't move. The referee couldn't do anything about it, and Henry basically just super kicks him in the face like five times unanswered, just unblocked yeah. right to the dome. And then he uses Adam Priest's own finishing move, the DDT. He even yells out "Roll Tide," which is Adam Priest's thing. And so it's like the insult to injuries. He beats Adam Priest with his own finishing move. One, two, three. And um, this will for sure lead to a, another match. Um, they, they've went back and forth a bit recently. So like, but, but congratulations to Anthony Henry. Like this is a guy who has meant a lot to the independent wrestling scene, especially in the Southeast for a really long time. And the action wrestling championship is one of the most prestigious titles in, um, in independent wrestling, in my opinion. So um, I, it was good to see him get this W and uh, Adam Priest is going to be just fine. Like, he's killing it everywhere he's at. He's one of the most active wrestlers on the scene right now. Any style, Adam Priest. He can wrestle anyone. Doesn't matter Doesn't matter what kind of wrestling they do. He'll he'll go in there and he'll make it work and he'll make it great. And, uh, and yeah, Anthony Henry deserves this. So, like, this is this, this was cool to see him. I'm happy to, I'm happy to see Anthony Henry as the uh, action wrestling champion. You can watch the match uh, on IWTV, Independent Wrestling TV. Use the code FIGHTTALK over there. Uh, so, yeah, it's action bangers only 
three. Go check that out. And again, it's in my wheelhouse of time when it comes to matches. Uh, it's only it's like twelve minutes long. I think the the pre match stuff is, is also it isn't like fully included in that. But yeah, it, I, I thought it was a good match, really good match. And I know you've been very high on Adam Priest for a oh, long yeah. time. And I had known about Anthony. I think I, I interviewed Anthony Henry a long time ago. He's a big like UFC fan and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. That. His style shows that he's very MMA based in his attacks yeah. and stuff. Um, he got back to me on the on a feature I'm working on as well. So I do have comments from Anthony Henry regarding something else uh, that'll nice. be posted next year. Uh, so yeah, Anthony Henry is great. Adam Priest is great. Everyone should check this match out. And I look forward to the rematch because because it was so definitive and everything. Like it, they definitely could have like a second gear. I feel like in the rematch or, or a third gear because this one was got into at least second gear. Jensen, I know you got to run. Go ahead and plug everything. Let everyone know where they can find you at. Um, you can find me tomorrow morning. No one even knows this yet. Tomorrow morning, Fightful Overbooked. Um, myself and SP3, 10 o'clock Eastern time, 10 a.m. We're going to be reviewing Mighty Ducks Game Changers Season 2. So jump on there with us. 10 o'clock tomorrow, Fightful Overbooked, me and SP3. Check out uh, uh, The Weekender over on FightfulSelect.com. And um, live rounds with myself and Doug every Tuesday night, 10, 10 p.m. Eastern, RVD Heater for Life YouTube channel. You can follow me on Twitter at FightTalk underscore. I'm going to clock in for the shoot job. Enjoy the interview here with Psycho Boy Fodder and Angelina Love. And uh, yeah, I'll see y'all next time. I got to binge watch Game Changers. I did not know. I, I never know what's happening on my own channel. Uh, but I did not know about this. <laughs> well, nobody knew that. No, nobody knew. I'm literally telling you right now for the first time. SP3 had asked me like a week ago, and I couldn't confirm that I could even do it until this morning. So, um, gotcha. so yeah, I'm just sorry. I, I need to keep y'all probably better in the loop for that. But I was like, I'm sure y'all are fine with me jumping on there on Friday morning. So Yeah, I don't care. Whatever. Whatever right. you want to do, Jensen. You know I love you. All right. Appreciate thank you, buddy. It. See you guys. guys. Everyone follow Steven Jensen at Fight Talk underscore. Guys, we'll head to our interview with Psycho Boy Fodder and Angelina Love. They were very gracious with their time. Uh, they were backstage at the NWA tapings on Tuesday night. So they, they were hanging out backstage there. Uh, we, we talk about the NWA. We talk um, talk about Fodder's experience at AEW. He's done some enhancement stuff. He's done some some stuff on Dark, work under a mask there. Talk about Championship District Wrestling. Uh, you know, our guys, James and Ryan and Diamond Sheik, who join us multiple times. They're part of Championship District Wrestling. Fodder and Angelina Love are part of that. Um, I asked Angelina about... Her, her thoughts on what Billy Corgan had to say about Empower and not doing a second Empower show. Uh, you know, Angelina has nearly two decades of wrestling experience, television experience. So she she's seen it all. Uh, and she commented on what Corgan had to say about Empower too. So really good interview, really fun interview with uh, Fodder and Angelina Love. I, as my internet cut out earlier, I, the file has, has disappeared. So I have to load that up. All right, here we go, everybody. Get you into the interview. Check it out. Psycho Boy Fodder, Angelina Love here on the Creator Spotlight. Welcome back, everyone, to the spotlight here on Fightful.com. You see below us, we have a first-time guest on the show. You heard about him last week when we were with our guys, James and Ryan and Diamond Sheik, putting over the Black Magic Supplements. Psycho Boy Fodder has joined us, and behind him, you may recognize the legendary Angelina Love, also there. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. Doing wonderful. Thank you guys for having us. Thank you. Thank you guys for joining us. It is much appreciated. Much appreciated. So, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and address this. You guys are backstage at the NWA tapings right now. What's what's going on with uh, with the NWA? What's the 
you know, we, we like the scoops here on Fightful, according to a lot of people. We're always digging for scoops, so I'm going to go ahead and play into that. Uh, I mean, the only scoop I got for you is that we're doing the first live power on January 31st in Knox. Yes. Um, so I'll be there. She'll be there. EC3 will be there. It'll be a stacked card, and then I think there are more live shows in the future for NWA. How how did your NWA appearances come about? Because I know you've been on there a couple times, and as we said, you you're backstage now. So how did that all come together? So Ricky Morton pushed really hard to get me here. He's a really good friend of mine. Him and Carrie, um, I adore both of them. Um, they're both great guys and have supported me since I started wrestling. And when EC3 started working here, he kind of pushed to get me here. Uh, Johnny Swinger said a few good things about me to get me here. So once I I came, they asked me to come to the last tapings. And when I came to the last tapings, they gave me a couple of matches and everything seemed to work out real well. And I think Billy was really happy with the work. Um, and we're just moving forward off of that. Yeah, I was going to ask how the experience has been for for all y'all there. Um, and I would like to know from Angelina as well, um, with all of her experience, like what the N- NWA experience has been like since you've been there. Um, it's great because like Velvet and I, you know, we get to work together again, which we always love. And I'm just kind of at a point in my life and career where I just like a laid back locker room. <laughs> Very late here. Um, and it's cool because like when I first came here, there was like people from literally every step of my career here, like people from Deep South were here, people from Ring of Honor, people from Impact, and then NWA people. So it was like really cool to see like a lot of old friends and then like Ring of Honor people that I had just worked with a couple months prior. And um, so yeah, they're they're busy days, uh, the tapings that we do, but it's like working for Billy is awesome. And uh, it's just like really good vibes back in the locker room. So that's like a big deal. Angelina, working with with Velvet again, she you know she's been retired, but she's doing commentary and, and things like that. Is that something that you have interest in, either down the line or you know when when your in ring career is over? Yeah, I've always said that. Um, I don't know when that's going to be. I certainly don't want to be forever. That's for sure. Um, but I think I just have so many years of TV experience and with the companies that I've worked for that I do want to in time. Um, become like an agent or like a producer backstage, help people with promos, a trainer, something like that. Cause I just have a lot to be able to help with, um, you know, like the future generation and stuff like that. So I feel like this business will probably be a part of my life for most of my life as it has been already. <laughs> so I think I would like to, you know, just transition when the time is right to just doing backstage stuff for sure. Well, yeah, I was, I was going to piggyback off that because you being a seven time champion, you know, you do have a lot of experience to to impart on people. Father, what are some things that you've learned from Angelina? Uh, don't do double axe handles to the back. And <laughs> off. Good. Uh, that's, that's one of the main things. I mean, our, like our our thing, like we watch a lot of bad wrestling. That's our favorite thing to do. So we search for bad wrestling on YouTube, and yep. we spend about an hour every night watching. Bad so we kind of. <laughs> Art bad wrestling, then you kind of know what not to do when you get in the ring after you spend an hour a day watching really bad stuff. 
I mean, you know, we have to ask next. I mean, what, what are what are some of these? Can you give us any examples of some of your favorite stuff to watch? I will send you a playlist that I have <laughs> thoroughly entertained. Well, you know, there's like a rabbit hole of you, right? So, and it's yeah. very easy to down a rabbit hole on YouTube. It just gets better and better and better. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I mean, I've always I, said, I think just overall, like, I mean, like, um, you know, before I met Angelina, um, you know, I was wrestling all over and wrestling a lot of different guys. Um, and I think it's more or less just, uh, you know, intent um, when you're doing things in matches, just different things, character work uh, and all of that. So, I mean, I mean, there's there's a lot uh, that can be learned uh, from her and from EC3 for that matter, man, because I've, I've had a lot of uh let's just say a TV guys um, that kind of mentored me from my start. I mean, I haven't been wrestling very long and I've been wrestling for two years. So um, all of this stuff for me has happened very, very quickly. It says on, on cage match and you can correct this if it's wrong, but your first match was on the free, the narrative pay-per-view against John Schuyler. And that's like a pretty big spot for someone wrestling uh, on their first match. Cause the free, the narrative stuff was, it, dur during that time it was during the pandemic and everything and ec3 like that was like a big deal and so like that's a that's a big spot to be in for your first match like so is that true first off and then like how did that all come about so when i met like i met ec3 before i even started wrestling like i met him through supplements um you know black magic and like all the different brands uh that i run and he actually brought me down uh, when he got released from WWE, when they shot that first uh, cinematic deal um, that ended up on Impact. And I was the guy fighting him in that. So that was kind of like, I think I was, I had been training for like maybe eight months. Um, and then after that, I had like a few like indie matches um, that were okay. I mean, you, you know, I, I was still kind of getting my footing about myself and getting comfortable in the ring um but i would say like john schuyler was the first like true pro that i wrestled um and when i wrestled him i kind of had that light bulb moment that goes off where you're like working a guy who's like really good and he's walking you through everything and as he's walking you through it you're going like oh like this is what i'm supposed to be doing like I don't have to go super fast and I can just take my time in here and I can talk to him and he can talk to me. And uh, I think once I had that moment um, with him, cause Skylar is very good. Like he's one of the best people I've ever been in the ring with. Um, and I just think like that time working him, like he made me look like a million bucks, but he taught me so much in that small 10 minutes. Uh, and a lot of like the kids that go to like the training school and stuff, um, like I tell them, like you get much more um, ten in 10 minutes, like working like a real pro than you get in like six months of training. Like there's just things that you learn, um, like with pacing and just different things in the ring, working the crowd um, that you can't get in training uh, and doing drills and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, and, and speaking of, you know, like learning and, and growing, you know, I, I got to see both of y'all live at the um, Championship District Wrestling Show in Atlanta recently. And um, there's a lot of, you know, Nightmare Factory students that run that and CYN's becoming a big part of that show, too. 
Um, what's it been like for both of y'all being a part of that? And obviously there's a big main event coming up later this month, you uh, and EC3 taking on QT Marshall and Billy Gunn. So uh, a lot of big stuff happening for, for both of y'all. And it's really cool seeing it locally here in Atlanta for me. Yeah, I mean, District is great, man. Like, uh, I met Jameson um, when I was doing work for AEW. Uh, like, we've done some stuff together at AEW. Um, both of us have done, like, matches there. And then me and him actually did uh, some stuff where we were, like, under a mask, like, during, like, a J.D. Drake and Orange Cassidy match. That was cool. Um, and we just kind of kept in touch. Um, he, you know, he uses Black Magic supplements and all of that. And uh, when he said that he was going to start up the district wrestling and, um, you know, have, you know, some of the bigger, got bigger names on the shows and things like that. Um, he asked me what I come down and do them. And man, I mean, they've been absolutely fantastic. I mean, I like the crowd, man, like, and it's more of like an adult environment, uh, as opposed to like, uh, like lots of kids. There's nothing, nothing wrong with like doing like the family friendly wrestling shows. Um, cause I get booked on plenty of those too, but the, uh, the adult shows you can really, kind of let loose and really be yourself when you're out there. So, I mean, there's obviously like, there's a little bit more language things going on. Um, so I, I think, I think overall what they're doing is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. It's hey, like, Angela, it's a really, it's a really intimate setting, which is cool. Like the, their setup there is great. Um, the show, Stephen, that you were at, that was the first one that I've done. Um, because we really quickly decided that we wanted to, you know, start working together. Um, and that was just like the perfect place to start. And I mean, I think it worked pretty well. <laughs> yeah, it worked great. It worked great. Yeah. I, and, and I was, I, you know, I wanted to ask you, like, how you even linked up to begin with, like, just like at, at, at any at any level and also you know, deciding to, you know, work together on screen and everything. Well, I just saw her one day and I was like, you're mine. <laughs> and it was, it was here at NWA. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's kind of started and you know i mean we ended up you know dating and doing all that kind of stuff and then you know we both love wrestling so um i think that we look good together that's not that's i mean i don't want to say that like in an arrogant way but i think like we that's just okay. compliment each other <laughs> yes but absolutely it works and i think like this the the psycho boy character um having like the psycho girl with the psycho boy um, really elevates um, the character itself because there's so many things that you can do and there's so many different, uh, there's a good dynamic there between both of us. Um, you know, when we, when we come out and we're able to just do different things like in the match or if we're able to do like mixed tags and, you know, different things of that nature. Angelina, I want to get your thoughts on something that has been a big topic around the NWA, and that is Empower. Uh, there's they talked about you know possibly doing a second one. There have been comments by by Billy, um, and I want to be fair to to him with his comments. He said he wasn't sure if there was enough TV ready women to carry it and live up to the first Empower, which was a, a fantastic show. What are your thoughts uh, on that? And do you think there are enough like TV ready women to to do a second Empower show? Um. I mean, I don't think Billy's wrong in anything that he says. I mean, that man's been in the entertainment business for 35 years. Um, the most difficult entertainment business, like the music industry. Um, and he's, I think he's a creative genius and he loves wrestling. And um, 
he loves women's wrestling and he's very supportive. Um, and he makes sure that we're all over the shows. Um, he's always been supportive of me and my career. Like I've known him for over 10 years. Um, so I think when like things are like, you know, put online, maybe the headlines are a little clickbaity, you know, it's possible. Um, things can be taken like a certain way, but I mean, I don't, I don't think he's, he's incorrect in saying that at all because it, it is a big deal to um, carry a pay-per-view like that and be TV ready. And some people are, and some people aren't. And that's not a, that's not, that's not insulting. You know, that's kind of how it is for everybody. Um, and he's just a very open and honest person. That's what he was saying. And I, I mean, I wasn't offended by any of it at all. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of stuff coming up for the women on the NWA shows um, like next year and everything. So um, I'm sure that'll, that'll happen. Uh, but I mean, like, I know if I was running a show, I would want to have the best people possible. And if you just don't have enough of the best people possible, then maybe you got to postpone it, put it off, get something figured out, whatever. And I think that's, I think it's fine. I appreciate your comments on that because yeah, absolutely. you have, you have been, you've been around the, the business and you've seen everything there is to see, I feel like, and now you're there. And so, you know, someone who is there and actually working with NWA, I don't think we've heard enough of, of a female perspective of some people, the females who are there at NWA. So I do appreciate your, your thoughts on that. Um, yeah. Psycho Boy, AEW, you, you said you've done stuff under the hood. You, you work dark, uh, dark elevation. Yet yeah, yep. very early in your career, just a, a few matches. How did, how did that, uh, how did you get in contact with, with AEW to, to work some dark, dark elevation? Uh, Sean reached out to me. Uh, we did the, uh, when me and EC3 and Adam or Braun Strowman and Weston Blake did the uh, run-in at the Ring of Honor final battle pay-per-view. Um, that Actually, that day is when AEW contacted me um, about coming in to do um, like the elevation and, you know, different ones like that. And, um, we still some matches there and, you know, all the brothers are really cool there. Uh, there's like a, I think there's like a, like a six man tag. We worked with like dark order. That was really good. Um, and I think like, I mean, like from my experience there, like everybody's like very nice and everybody's, uh, like has always like treated me very well. And, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I have many, many friends that work over there. Um, so, I mean, I think it's great. Did uh, did you get any uh, any advice that stuck with you um, through doing stuff with AEW? Because we talked to some people here on the show that say you know like Christopher Daniels or some people in the back will sometimes give you some some pretty uh, you know valuable feedback after those kind of matches. Yeah, I mean like uh, I don't know if I got like a bunch of feedback like after the match, um, but like I spent a lot of time with Jerry Lynn there, um, and you know Jerry was very nice to me and he gave me just tons of advice on you know there's like a big difference in working wrestling. Like when we're doing something like, like district, even though like at district there's cameras and you're working for cameras, you have much more time than there to tell stories than you do on television. Um, and one thing, uh, Jerry kind of told me was like, you know, register like what's happening on TV. Um, but you know, you got to keep moving, man, because it's all about, keeping times and, and, and making sure that you're doing, uh, you know, what the boss says, um, or, or what they want. Uh, and I think, um, just kind of learning like those things, like from him, um, you know, not like killing yourself, like when you make a mistake or, um, 
just just different things like that that I'm like prone to like beating myself up about, you know, early on is, you know, I like to have I like to have great matches. And, you know, if we have things like laid out in the match and like something goes like awry or, you know, things like that, like it just I have bad OCD. So it drives me absolutely crazy after the match and then for probably many days after that. We're perfectionists in a business where you can't be perfect and it makes us all mental. Uh, <laughs> very fair. That that seems to be an answer from the be the absolute best wrestlers, I will say, is they want everything to be perfect. And yes, you're going to get nitpicked on any little thing. And I can see how that would be very annoying. I, I want to ask, I don't know your musical taste with the name of like Psycho Boy. I can take a guess at them. Did you, you talk? Oh, really? Okay. All right. Well, did you talk music with Jerry Lynn? Because I know he's a big metal guy, but if you're not a metal guy, I don't think you would talk music with Jerry Lynn. Uh, no, we and Jerry did not talk any music, but <laughs> I, mean, you, I listened to a lot of 1980s music, so you would probably be surprised at like what's in my playlist. I mean... I was. <laughs> there's, lots of, uh, there's lots of Madonna. There's <gasps> wow. Wow. Dude, I love I love '90s alternative too. Yeah. Okay. I'm I I'm we're we're here with that. Yeah. Matchbox, <laughs> Matchbox Twenty. Yeah. Uh, Good shit there. Die Blind. I mean, there's so many like great '90s bands, um, but I think the Isley Brothers are like my favorite artists of all time. So I, Madonna completely threw me off. <laughs> uh, I respect it. I, as a as a Taylor Swift fan, I respect that you, you listen to Madonna. Nineties alternative uh, can obviously get down to that any day, but yeah, with Psycho, I, I admit I was going to stereotype the Psycho Boy name and be like, all right, you're just probably into to metal music. So, I, I, well, very you, good. You would think that his taste in music would be like his entrance music because his entrance music. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Tommy. By the way, Tommy Tanks uh, composed that. Uh, entrance music which is completely original um and he's done so much like for like the free the narrative series that we did and many of like the entrances like excuse me for the uh control your narrative stuff like on like the the cinematic like pay-per-views and things that we were doing um he composed those completely and they are absolutely awesome. Like I'll, I'll send you a link just to the soundtrack so you can listen to it like on iTunes, but it's absolutely fantastic, man. So, if, I mean, if you see me in the gym and you see like a big jacked up dude with like a body full of tattoos, I'm sure you would not expect to hear like Madonna, like holiday, like playing in my uh, ear, <laughs> but it likely is when I'm in the, you know, gym hitting three plates on the bench or something like that. So I don't know. It's just, that's what I like. Yeah, you know, we we talked to uh, Richard King the other week, and he was telling us that he he likes to listen to Fantasy by Mariah Carey when he works out. He's like, you would never expect it, but it it it, it pumps me up. Um, it's a great so, song. It is, it is, it is a great song. And and speaking of great, you know, yourself or someone like you by Matchbox Twenty is one of my favorite albums ever. Like I grew up in the '90s, that's top tier. Um, speaking of favorites. Do y'all have, um, well, I'd like to know just, I, I believe Angelina, I've heard over the years, uh, you're a big Shawn Michaels fan. Um, Psycho Boy, did you have any like big influences in wrestling before getting into it? And I also wanted to ask if, you know, I know you, I'm sure you have a lot of dream matches, you know, oh, of course, we're in the, the, the heart <laughs> shirt. Um, but um, if you, you know, I'm sure you have plenty of dream matches. And Angelina, is there anyone like still out there that you haven't, you know, gotten to work with that you really want to? Uh, for me, I mean, Bret Hart is, uh, 
the best restaurant that ever lived uh, that's ever done it, man. Um, and if I had to work, like if I had to pick like a couple of guys that I'd just like to work that are still working now, like I want to work Matt Hardy because Matt Hardy's from my backyard. I would love to work Jeff Jarrett. Uh, I think Jarrett is absolutely awesome. I mean, if you go back and watch some of those like 96, like Jarrett matches from like WWF superstars, um, like there's one match where he's working Shawn Michaels, man. And it's just absolutely fantastic, man. I mean, the guy is such a great worker. Um, I think those two are probably at like the top of my list um, for guys that I would love to work. I feel like I've worked um, a lot of the girls that I could have said. Like, I know when I got released from WWE in 07, I said that I had really wanted to work Victoria. Um, but then I was her first program when she came into TNA as Tara. So got to do that. So, I mean, I just always say Trish. Because I think that would be a banger. There you go. And also just wanted to bring up just really quickly, um, kind of full circle in a way. Um, Daddy Ass, of course, you know, going to be in the main event against Potter soon. I remember Cute Kip back in the day. So, I mean, I know I know you remember Cute Kip as well. So, <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Our, our gigantic, beautiful people, man. <laughs> <laughs> Fodder, were you, did you see the Matt Hardy, Jeff Jarrett match at WrestleCade? Yeah, I mean, we, we had a six-man there. So it was me, yeah. EC3, uh, Austin Aries against uh, C.W. Anderson, Preston Quinn, and Brock Anderson with Arn Anderson in their corner. Uh, yeah, I mean, EC3 had a spot in the in the Matt Hardy-Jeff Jarrett match. Um, well, you know, sometimes you guys are backstage and you're doing a bunch of different other things. So that was the thing. I didn't know. I knew you were there. I knew you worked on the show. I didn't know if there was possible you were taking a shower during it for, for oh, some no. reason. So. <laughs> Watch the whole deal. It's a great match. Yeah, you're showering, you're showering him with gratitude. But do you know Fightful? Do you know what they've done to me? Do you understand? Oh, no. Yes. Because you, Fightful, allowed the low-T IWC to cancel me based on one interview with Sean Ross Sapp. So if they actually want to hear my piece and talk to me, have Sean text me. You're doing great. I Sean's got to text me, so if he if he texts you, please let me know. He doesn't return my text, so I don't know. Does it return text? No, he's bad at that. He's bad. Yeah. He just had COVID. He's 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 on the mend. He's I just the... saw him at, we just saw him at WrestleCade. Yeah, yes. COVID. That, that's where he got it from. <laughs> yeah, he got it. Yeah. <laughs> Later. <laughs> I hope we don't get you canceled off this interview. No. no. <laughs> You anybody i i don't want to get anybody canceled i probably wrote a headline that that was you know didn't look good for ec3 yeah, for what it's worth jeremy here he's the yeah. guy with the crazy headlines on fightful if you ever see just like the headlines that that look more like the onion article headlines like that's that's this guy over here so thanks thanks <laughs> i gotta i gotta turn i gotta turn the heat on somebody else uh right now but how 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 much of a jerk is jameson ryan that guy he he sucks he's terrible no <laughs> he's booking me so. yeah <laughs> like say anything bad about him <laughs> i feel like y'all y'all have a lot of similarities both being body guys him being the bgu guy you being the supplement guy i feel like there's uh something maybe potentially brew in there yeah, man. I mean, uh, I mean, we both love to work out. I both like to hit the gym hard and everything. I mean, so I think just like naturally, we just kind of gravitated towards each other, um, you know, because we were just kind of into the same things. 
we we love jameson i i did i yeah. joined body guy university last week so now i'm trying to get the the leader thrown under the bus here i had the bgu mindset though he told me. i mean uh psycho boys got no problem with bgu i mean i might join at some point you know you never know well i mean you guys are you, you're going into their show as control your narrative and like just entering in through the back door and everything he said you guys took out security he was throwing you under the bus a little bit yeah i mean i mean i think he appreciates it though man because it, yeah. it it makes good for it makes good for the district uh for the district wrestling so if i if i do ever decide to join bgu and uh then me and you jeremy will be uh will be teammates I, mean, and, and they, I need i need more friends i have too many enemies yeah well i mean maybe me come through the back door and like beat, beat down some people you know before the show well right. I, I can't i can't fight i think jameson should know if you're going to be booking somebody with the uh, the word psycho in his name and the cyn guys there will probably be chaos right behind so can't be too surprising right right um usually we ask people uh, the coolest thing in their room and i know you guys are in a locker room backstage area but is there anything cooler there that you could just point out to be like hey look what is in this room in here yes, yes. usually you know usually we talk to people and they're in their their <laughs> office or their home or something like that Ooh, oh my god what it's the sting, oh, sting, sting. and with the sting mask and yeah, the pistons hat on. Yeah, pistons hat and the sting mask. Yeah. Oh my god, that rules actually. Yeah. That yeah. is sweet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if I could, uh, if I could. Can you steal that? I'm, I'm, I mean, we like, also have. I don't know if you could see. We got. Well, this is we a, got baby EC3 behind us. We got an EC3 poster. Yeah. So oh, there you go. There's, a, there's a flyers. There's a flyers flag on top of it as well. That sting thing is awesome. If you if that goes missing, you can blame me. I might have to. I mean, I might have to hijack it and then uh, get with UPS and get it up to Ohio for you. Yeah. Oh, that would be sweet. That thing rules. Um. Uh, before before I let you go. Ooh, a best oh, 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 nice. all these impact this? throwbacks. This is great. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, before I let you go, I want to give you a chance to talk about the the Black Magic supplements. So let everybody know what's going on with that and how you how you started all that. Sure, Black Magic. We got the best protein. We got the best pre workout. We got the best amino acids, man. Um, you guys send me your address, and I'll send you guys some stuff um, to try oh, out. Thank you. In the gym, whatever, or maybe if you just want to get some extra protein in and you know things like that, man. You guys can give it a try. Just pop Appreciate me a message. You guys squared away um and just just overall man you know the, i mean the company's just growing man i mean like you know we have we got 10 flavors of the protein now we got seven flavors of the pre-workout i mean it's a it's an awesome brand i mean it's it's for everybody you know the uh the branding is real cool man and um you know th the brand is you know really took off and grown since 2018 man so you know we're happy to support district wrestling um you know they've supported me man and I think it's a it's a it's a growing relationship man so i i i like uh i just like how you know i can intertwine like many different things like in my life um to to help other people as well um and and really in, intertwine it all 
you know, together <laughs> um, with just people that I like that do the same thing. Uh, guys, everybody can check out Black Magic Supplements. There's a there's a link in the description, so go check that out. Go support. Guys, thank you for, for joining us today. Go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you at on, on social media or anywhere else. Yep, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, at L-O-K-E-Y-S-910. That's at L-O-K-E-Y-S-910. If you want to watch tons of free matches, visit my YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash psychoboyfodder. And I feel like I've said this a million times. <laughs> um, Twitter at actual a love and Instagram a love the number four life two 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 Facebook's private. Sorry. Um, so Instagram Twitter. <laughs> Thank you guys again Thank for, you. for doing this. We, we really appreciate it. And guys, we'll be right back here on the spotlight. Thank you again to Psycho Boy Fodder and Angelina Love for joining us on the Creator Spotlight discussing all things professional wrestling. NWA, their time in the NWA, uh, AW, NWA Empower, Championship District Wrestling. As you can uh, follow and support, all the links are below here on here on the YouTube channel. Um, you know, follow them on, on social media. Check out Black Magic Supplements. Uh, support what they're, they are doing. They're very nice people. We appreciate them joining us here on the Creator Spotlight. We appreciate all of you listening, tuning in, watching, however you are consuming this podcast. We appreciate it. Here in about half an hour on Fightful Overbooked, it's noon, noon Eastern, a new episode of The Gauntlet premieres, myself and Andrew Thompson discussing Kofi Kingston's title run, looking back on the matches uh, that he had. Not We did talk about the beginning of it and the end of it, but we kind of focused on everything in between as well, which was not as memorable, and we got we got into all of that and how it just kind of encapsulated his entire title run. And then we had a great discussion about just New Day in general, Kofi Kingston in general. Uh, you know Andrew Johnson from Post Wrestling. He is the man. He is the GOAT, in my opinion. So go check that out, FightfulOverbook.com at noon. As Steven Jensen mentioned, broke the news to me, Mighty Ducks Game Changers review uh, tomorrow at 10 with SP3 and... With, with SP3 and Steven Jensen reviewing Mighty Ducks Game Changers the next season, or the most recent season, season two, 10 o'clock Eastern AM on FightfulOverbooked.com. New content daily over there. Go to Fightful Select. Subscribe. Subscribe there. Subscribe to Fightful Overbooked. Day After Dynamite, 3 o'clock. Will Washington, a special guest, likely myself. 3 o'clock, reviewing last night's Dynamite right here on YouTube.com slash Fightful. Guys, thank you again for the love and the support. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode, probably talking some ROH Fallout, talking whatever's happening in the world of WWE, talking whatever's happening in the world of AEW, talking about whatever's happening in the world of professional wrestling because we try to cover all of our bases here, and we will speak to someone in wrestling, whether it be a content creator, whether it be a wrestler, a manager, someone behind the scenes. You never know. Thank you. Thank you guys for the support. Love. Follow me. Don't follow me on Twitter. I don't want, I don't want any more followers. Follow Steven Jensen on Twitter at fight talk underscore. Go to Fightful. Fightful.com. Bye everybody.